the kids represent the future of our game and they represent the future of everything, quite honestly. And so it's about the important role that sport plays in shaping young kids' lives and the impact it can have. And I've always said, and I say this to my team on a regular basis, that is to me, sport is no different than education, that you're learning different lessons that maybe you don't learn in the classroom or the sports setting just, it resonates with the kid in a different way, right? The coach sometimes can reach a player or a child in a different way than a teacher can, than a mom and dad can. And so our job is to make those opportunities available and accessible to as many kids as possible so they can learn those lessons, they can have that life experience. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset Show. This is a podcast about the financial, money, and recreational mindset needed to successfully plan for and live your best life before and through retirement. Let's dive into today's show. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC. I am Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset Show and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest, Rick Nadu, is the VP of Social Impact and Fan Engagement with the New York Rangers. Rick has 20-plus years of leadership experience across both professional and amateur levels of the sports industry. The past 12 years, he has spent with the New York Rangers and Madison Square Garden using the power of sport to positively impact the community and increase access to hockey. Rick and I have known each other throughout his tenure with the New York Rangers, and I have the personal experience of watching him grow the game. Well, hello, everybody. Larry Sprung here, and I have the distinct pleasure of having Rick Nadu, the VP of Social Impact and Fan Engagement with the New York Rangers. Thanks for joining us today, Rick. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it's great to see you in person and hear you. We were just talking the last time I was at the Garden. We were talking about Mika's five-goal game, which was unbelievable, and hopefully we can get back on the ice soon. Can you tell us about your path to working in the NHL? I mean, I know that it's highly sought after. A lot of us, when we're younger, want to work for professional sports teams. So can you share with our audience, how did you get there? Well, it's much like a lot of folks that work in the industry. It's Sports is something that's been a part of my life for a long, long time. And uh, hockey in particular, growing up in Massachusetts, played a big part in shaping who I am and the relationships I have and the passions that I have today. And when I went to school, I always had an interest in business administration. And so I went to school to chase down that major and discovered sport management. And what better way to spend your life than applying your professional passion with your personal passion, right? And so sport management, sports business became something that I invested in. Coming out of school, I spent the first 10 years of my career working in the ice rink business and one of the best experiences I've ever had. Wow. Got to really work in the grassroots end of the sport, just talking to people every day about all things youth hockey and trying to create more access and opportunity for folks, make sure the buildings were being serving their purpose and getting folks through the door and just trying to keep people in the community active and healthy and safe. And through that experience, I had a chance to work very closely with the Bruins for a number of years and just seeing the power 
of an NHL brand and, and the impact that that can have on just grabbing people's attention and visibility and awareness for the efforts. Sure. The uh, opportunity to come down to New York and uh, join the Rangers presented itself in 2008. And I jumped at the opportunity and I've been here 12 years, uh, continue to do that work, investing in our community, trying to use the power of sport and the Rangers brand to impact uh, the lives of as many people as we can in a positive way. That is awesome. And quite the story. You know, I have a uh, good friend of mine that I played hockey with growing up. We played against each other and he had an interesting route to working for the Rangers. Also, he started out as Rocky the Raccoon in Binghamton when the Binghamton Rangers were there when we were in college. And he ended up parlaying that into an opportunity with the Rangers shortly after college. So it seems like it all stems from hockey, which is a great sport, as you mentioned. And you have to start somewhere. I don't think most people end up coming into an NHL organization straight out of school. There's got to be some kind of a process and work towards that opportunity. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think with most things in life, right? Like you've got to be able to show value and where you cut your teeth and the route you get from point A to point B is not as linear as it used to be. And I think if you're somebody who comes in with a unique background and proven track record of success in a particular area, it just makes it easier for you to to solve problems uh, for an organization who might be having challenges in that specific part of the business. And so for me, the Rangers needed help building relationships with the ice rinks, uh, just ingraining themselves in the youth hockey community in a deeper way and, and helping to provide access. And that just happened to be what I did for 10 years. And so wow. it was just an easy fit and, and it's been successful since. And uh, hopefully we continue that success moving forward. Absolutely. And it's funny because you and I met each other probably right around the time that you started with the Rangers. And since that period of time, you've had several roles within the organization as your career has progressed. And currently, as I mentioned, you're the VP of Social Impact and Fan Engagement. So what does that mean exactly? Because I'm sure people, we hear a lot about social impact, we hear a lot about fan engagement, but what is those two roles together? What does that mean? Well, quite simply, my role here is to work very closely with the rest of the business, in particular marketing team and our corporate partnership team, and our ticketing team. But our job is really just to use the power of sport to engage audiences. And uh, whether it's deepening the passion that certain fans have for the game by giving access and opportunity around things like watching a practice or getting a behind-the-scenes tour or getting to take a picture on the ice after a game to youth hockey experiences we can provide to families who are just getting started in the sport, who are passionate about hockey and our job is to just make that connection with the Rangers even deeper. And then everything that we can do from a brand standpoint to have a positive impact on society. And so engaging new audiences or giving back to the community and just being good stewards in the tri-state area. Social impact is, is how we use the resources we have, the access we have to affect positive change. And so when we talk about social impact and fan engagement, it's really everything encompassing, uh, just engaging people away from the building in a positive way. Our marketing efforts, it's also our charitable efforts, philanthropic efforts, cause-related stuff that we're involved with, and that all falls under my department and what my team does every day. I will tell you, you guys do it so well. I could tell a story of, I guess, a couple of years ago, somebody that I had known growing up who was family was a Ranger family. I don't know that they went to many games or not, but the mother, unfortunately, had passed away from breast cancer, and I had reached out to you and your team, and I said, hey, this is what's going on with this particular family. I don't think they got to games much because of the mom's battle with breast cancer. 
And I said, I'm going to be donating to them a pair of tickets for one of my pair of tickets for a game. Would you guys be able to do something to make it a little bit extra special for their 12-year-old son who just lost their mom? And within a heartbeat, you guys set it up. I didn't know what was going to happen. I ended up getting a message from the dad. Evidently, they took the son into the penalty box before the game, and you guys made it a great experience for this kid. And he'll probably never forget that, and he'll be a lifelong ranger fan because of it. So thank you for that. And thank you for all you do for the community, because I really do think you guys do a great job in that department. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, those are the stories that get us fired up every day, right? We know we play a unique role in in helping in situations like that. And I think the easy answer is always yes, right? It's yes. And then what can we do? Right. I think that's where I'm blessed to have the team that I have here because they're lean and mean and There's not a person on this team who ever shies away from adding more work to their plate, especially when it's around things like that and just roll up the sleeves and do it because it's the right thing to do. And and geez, you know, a family like that, when they're going through a tough time to be able to play any small role in lifting their spirits is so important. And so that's what our passion is. That's what our mission here is every day. And it's people like you too, making sure we're aware of those stories and those connections that makes it all possible. So appreciate your efforts and, and keeping us in mind and connecting those dots. Always, you know, and people know that I'm a huge hockey fan and you obviously are as well being a lifelong person who's been involved in hockey. Do you think that the fan base for hockey is different than other sports? And if so, in in what way? I think every sports fan base is different in some regards. Hockey and fandom and sports is all rooted in culture and, and, and connection to your community, your friends, your family, the circles that you're in. And I think it's important for us to recognize that. And I think hockey, yeah, I think like like downhill skiing and golf and basketball and every other sport, they're so interwoven into the culture, into your networks and circles. And I think every sport's different. And we can go in and dissect the details of the demographics and the psychographics that separate one sport from the other. But I think they're all different. I think what unifies them all is the shared passion and the experience and that connectivity around these these shared passions. And then I think that's something universal through all of sport. Right. Yeah, I have this sense, and maybe I'm biased, but I just think hockey and hockey fans tend to be some of the best fans that are around. I don't know. Maybe it's just my bias of being involved in the sport for 30 plus years. I don't know. So one of your components is youth, which you mentioned earlier. They're a huge component of what you do and how you want to impact the sport. Why are youth so important? They can't buy tickets. They can't pay for events or things of that nature. So why are they so important and key to the Rangers and your passion with working there? Well, I think, you know, it it all comes down with the fact that the, the kids represent the future of our game and they represent the future of everything, quite honestly. And so it's about the important role that sport plays in shaping young kids' lives and the impact it can have. And I've always said, and I say this to my team on a regular basis, that is to me, sport is no different than education, that you're learning different lessons that maybe you don't learn in the classroom or the sport setting just, it resonates with a kid in a different way, right? The coach sometimes can reach a player or a child in a different way than a teacher can, than a mom and dad can. And so our job is to make those opportunities available and accessible to as many kids as possible so they can learn those lessons. They can have that life experience. And you never know what sport's going to resonate with a kid. And so the more doors you open, the more likely something's going to stick and they're going to stay active. They're going to stay healthy and they're going to learn and grow through the sports experience. It's just going to complement what they're learning in the classroom and they're learning at home. And so the more kids we can get through the sport of hockey, the more kids are going to have that opportunity to learn those lessons. And that's the most important thing. It could very well be soccer, basketball, football, baseball, tennis. It doesn't really matter. 
it just so happens that my job here is for the Rangers. And so I promote hockey and, and the Rangers brand in doing so. But it's all about providing those opportunities to kids and making sure those doors aren't shut before they choose to shut them themselves. Right. I talk to my kids all the time, ever since they were little looking to playing. And you obviously hear those stories where parents have these dreams for their kids making it to the NHL and whatnot. And I always imparted upon my kids that it really wasn't about that. If they wanted to, they had that opportunity. But more importantly than that is whatever they do with the sport, wherever it takes them when all said and done, I could tell them for me personally, I haven't played in the NHL. I've had the opportunity, luckily, to play with against several NHL players. But my point is the sport of hockey, period, has brought me to so many places that I wouldn't have been without it. It's introduced me to so many people that I wouldn't have known and has really developed great relationships that I would have never had. And I think back one day, probably about four or five years ago, I was walking down the street in Lake Placid, right down Main Street, and I was carrying my son's hockey bag. And I walked past a guy. I literally got probably about six feet. As I turned around, he turned around, and it was a guy I played college hockey with, and we hadn't seen each other since. And those are the kinds of experiences that I think you're alluding to that you want these kids to learn and experience and be able to have experiences on their own, if you will. Yeah, I think, you know, going back to your question about the difference in hockey, I think there's a couple of things that make hockey unique. First off, it's one of the few sports where you have a locker room, right? That before and after every game, you show up early, you got all this gear to put on and it takes a while. Right. And so you're hanging out in the locker room with your buddies. You've got all this time to connect and joke around and have fun. And those experiences sometimes are more valuable than the ones you learn on the ice. It's just these relationships that you build because of all this extra time that you spend together. And I think on the same token, because there's not an ice rink in every town, you spend time driving from point A to point B. You've got a lot of time in the car with your parents and your friends and your family, your siblings. And sometimes those car rides can be a really great part of the experience as well. The opportunity to get from point A to point B and, and have this quality time with mom and dad where you're listening to the radio or music that they are into and they expose you to that and they expose you to some of the conversations that are happening in the front seat. And Is it really music though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I think that those things are the kind of the peripheral experiences around the sport of hockey that I don't think you get with a lot of other sports when you're just driving to a local soccer field in your town. The ride takes five minutes. Right. You're talking about a half hour drive, a 45 minute drive, and sometimes much longer than that, as you know, and there's really some really good time spent with mom and dad in, in the car. I agree. People used to, I remember when my kids were, especially when they were little, they would say, you're driving where this weekend? And a lot of times with two kids playing, my wife and I are in different locations. But my answer to them was always, you know what, I'm going to have an invaluable time with my son this weekend, one-on-one. -on -one that most people don't get. They're running around doing this. I'm going to have whatever, three hours round trip in the car with my child one-on-one, -on -one, which a lot of parents don't get these days. And I really appreciate. So I agree with you. You know, and, and just adding to that, Larry, like when I was growing up, there wasn't a lot of time like in hotels to driving away to these tournaments. And, and I think that has its pluses and its minuses. But uh, in terms of bonding time and spending time together, like the weekends away in the hotels just adds to that opportunity with spending quality time with your family and your friends. And so that I think if there's a silver lining to the added time, energy expense and all that fun stuff, it is that that extra time to go out to eat and maybe take a morning stroll with mom or dad that you wouldn't take otherwise. And so 
all that stuff's important. 100%, 100%. Now, along those lines, the kids, youth hockey is an area of focus for you and the organization and getting more sticks in kids' hands. That's something I've heard you say often. The goal of our organization is to really get more sticks in kids' hands. Why is that so important? Well, I think it's twofold, right? It goes back to the notion that hockey should be accessible, youth sports should be accessible, and that kids shouldn't be told they can't or not have the opportunity to to act on that passion should they have a desire to try the game. And so our job, the way we view it is, is to give every kid that opportunity. And so whether it's on the ice or off the ice, we invest in programs that, and a lot of times they're free, allowing kids to try the game, uh, just to get a stick in their hand and to run around for an hour, learning the basics to see if it's something they like. And what we've been doing the last few years is making sure that if they do love it and they say like this is a really great game and I'd love to play more, making sure they have affordable next step options so that they can continue playing. And for us, it's it's about igniting, but also fueling that passion. And if all we're doing is igniting and we're not giving these kids an opportunity to continue playing, then we're only doing part of the job. And so we work with the ice rinks, we work with the youth hockey associations, we work with organizations like New York City Parks Department, New York City Public Schools, and and others, trying to bring the sport of hockey into every community we can so that kids have access to it and they can try and experience. And at the same time, we're bringing resources to these places who, who otherwise may not have access to hockey. And so it's something that we're passionate about. As of last year, before we ran into some challenges with COVID, we were north of 100,000 kids a year physically coming through different experiences across the tri-state. And so it just shows you a little bit of the size and scale of the impact we're able to have. And, uh, and, and once we can get back at it, we certainly will be trying to expand upon that access and get even more kids involved. Sure. Listen, I know my nephews, they were beneficiaries of this. They had the opportunity. They went to a learn to skate. They ended up getting, I believe, fully outfitted for that learn to skate, which is a huge hurdle because for hockey, it's not like soccer, like you mentioned earlier, where you basically get a pair of shin guards and you just need a field and go out there. There's a lot you need in place. You need to have the ice. You need to have the ice time. You need to have the equipment, which is expensive. So it's a huge undertaking initially, especially for somebody who you may not be that sure that your child likes the sport. And of that 100,000, do you guys have numbers on how many of that 100,000 were new people that had never tried the sport before? But the bulk of them are. Wow. And obviously, with street and ball programs and the work we were able to do with Districts 4 and Districts 5 in New York City up in the East Harlem community, the majority of those kids have never played hockey before. And so the bulk of our programs are introducing first timers and even programs like our Learn to Play the bulk of those kids are coming in as non-USA hockey members, which maybe they've taken a learn to skate class somewhere. They've done public skating for a birthday party or, or with their family, but they're not hockey players yet, not at least in USA hockey's eyes with a membership. And so the kids who are not members, they're the ones who qualify for the free gear. And so we give up upwards of, of 2,000 to 2,500 sets a year through learn to play alone. And that just tells you how many of these kids are new to the game. Right. The numbers are huge in terms of the kids coming through who are picking up a stick or getting on the ice or throwing on the pads for the first time. And that's exciting. And if we can play a role in making sure that first experience is a fun one, uh, that they're safe and that mom and dad have all the information they need. So they're not walking in full of anxiety and like, what is this going to be like? And how, how's my kid going to do? Do I have to get out there with them? And what happens if they fall? Our job is to make that process enjoyable, reduce the anxiety and, and make sure everybody's having a great time, not just the kids on the ice, but the big kids off the ice who are hovering around the glass, taking pictures and watching every move with uh, bated breath and great anticipation. 
Yeah, I think I joke sometimes when I see the learn to skate programs in our local rink and I look at the parents and they're all eager and happy and excited that their kids trying out hockey for the first time. And I am too. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, do you really know what you're getting yourself into if your son or daughter really enjoys this? Because as you know, it's a pricey and it's a huge time commitment. And it's kind of interesting to see and wonder what's going through their mind and how that progresses from that point. So I don't know. Have you gotten feedback about that? That's part of what we're focused on doing because it's these perceptions of what the game is that I think keeps a lot of families from dipping their toe in the water. Agreed. And we've spent the better part of the last six years creating programs and ecosystem that complements the existing youth hockey structure so that families who don't want to go down that path, they're not interested in, in driving up to New England or down to the D.C. area to play in tournaments and be on the ice four or five times a week. We've created programs specifically for families that just want to come once a week or they don't want to travel. They just want to stay in their local rink. And so, you know, get a chance to peruse through the Junior Rangers website now versus 10 years ago when you and I first met each other. There's a lot of new programming, including uh, an all-girls that we created last year that's now expanded. And I've got two girls that play in it myself. That's great. But they're not hockey players. They think they're hockey players. They consider themselves hockey players, but they're not traditional hockey player where they're all in on the sport and they're traveling to the rink four or five times a week. They go Tuesday nights for skills and drills, and then they come in on Saturday, Sunday, and they'll play a game. And right. then they're off to soccer, they're off to softball, they're off to other activities, and they're fine with that. And you know what? For the price that we pay, which right now I think if we did the full season, it's $800 for 20 weeks on the ice twice a week. That's great. Sure. And the other thing that we've done in addition to creating these programs is we implemented a scholarship system last year, which allows families who qualify financially to even have those fees waived. And so they're coming in at either half cost or no cost with the opportunity to get uh, outfitted head to toe and free gear. And so our job is to keep chipping away at that, the infrastructure of the sport and create parallel paths in the experience that if you don't want to go down that path, and we're not saying it's bad or, or it doesn't have a place, I think there's great value in it. We've discussed over the course of the first 25 minutes of this call, there is a need and a demand for other choices, alternatives. I agree. So, and, yeah. and that's what we spend a lot of time doing. Yeah. So listen, you guys have like, I think at least, I think you have such a great alumni bench from people who've played on the Rangers. How does that, how have you used that and how does that play into what you do every day? I find that the alumni have been great. They're gracious. They're always willing to talk and have a conversation and promote the Rangers and promote hockey. And it always seems in a positive way. How have you used the alumni as a tool to help you guys reach your goals with regard to the fan engagement? Well, the alumni, the players, our ambassadors, we've got Amanda Kessel who works with us, players from the NWHL who make appearances in the rinks, usually around the girls programs, because I think Anytime you can bring somebody in who excites the kids, and in the case of the alumni, excites the parents, <laughs> it just it makes the experience even better. And so when we can do a Try Hockey for Free program with somebody like an Adam Graves or a Stefan Mateau or a Glenn Anderson or Brian Mullen, and mom and dad can come in and their experience with the sport is so connected to those guys. And then they bring their child in and they can tell the story of the 94 cup run with Adam Graves. And I can remember watching him play and pass that experience and that passion onto their kids through these experiences. It's the first point of connection, right? And then the kids, as they're watching the Ranger game, they start connecting with the players. We get the players out to the ranks or as part of summer camp and the kids can come in and get on the ice with them. It just, it continues this connection, these moments of connection with the brand that these indelible moments that, that these kids and these parents will never forget. 
And I think that's the power of that. And we see it now with going back to my girls, like they were able to come last year. We did a, an alumni game here at the garden, raising money to support youth hockey. And Amanda Kessel got on the ice and she skated with the alumni. And that's all my girls. That was it. They were locked on her the whole time. <laughs> there's, a, there's a woman out there playing hockey. And now you ask them who their favorite hockey player is. No offense to the Rangers, but it's Amanda Kessel. Right. And they want to be like her. And to me, that speaks volumes of how important these individuals can be in terms of connecting, inspiring, and motivating kids to follow in their footsteps. And so they are critical. Their involvement is critical to the success of our programs. Yeah, I think they really do a good job at bridging the gap, like you said, catering to the parents who's bringing the kids and then really serving as an excellent role model for the kid who's looking to develop their hockey skills, which is fantastic. So listen, this is the Midland Money Mindset. So we end every show with the same question, Rick. So what did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? Oh, I'll tell you, starting the day on, on this podcast is a good start, right? It gets you thinking about all the things, all the reasons why you do the job that you do. And as I'm sitting here having the conversation with you, Larry, I'm Geez, you know, I'm awfully lucky to be in the position I am to be able to work with folks who are so passionate about the game and bring it every day to make an impact. And so spending half an hour here talking about my role and what we do in our programs, it's a great reminder of grounding us to just reflect on the big picture every once in a while so that it keeps you grounded. Don't get caught up in the minutia of the day to day and what challenges we might be facing in the next couple hours. Let's take a step back and 10 years from now, what are we going to remember? And it's going to be this path of a growth and opportunity that we're creating. And if that doesn't get you fired up, what does? Listen, it got me fired up. I really enjoyed our conversation. I really like that as far as how you started the day. I, I'm very grateful for our friendship over the years. I appreciate you coming on the show. If people want to learn more about the Rangers and where they are in their community, I think you mentioned it earlier, but where can they go to find out more information about that? Yeah, the easiest place is NewYorkRangers.com. And all the information we have on everything from the fight against cancer to what we're doing with the girls hockey programs, it's all there on the website. And so and anytime that anybody has questions on anything, they can certainly reach out to me or my team and we'll be happy to answer them. Great. And we'll have all that information in the show notes. Thanks for joining us, Rick. It was a pleasure. And remember, make it a great day. I want to thank Rick Nadu for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset Show. Rick has helped grow the great game of hockey and has been able to use the sport as a tool to impact communities in a positive way. In addition, he has been able to introduce thousands of kids to the sport, providing them with an opportunity to experience it, and in many cases, for their very first time. As many of you know, ice hockey and the New York Rangers are a huge passion of mine, so this has been an awesome opportunity to spend this time with Rick. Feel free to learn more about Rick on Twitter and LinkedIn, and keep an eye out to get involved in opportunities where he and his team, as well as the New York Rangers, are looking to make an impact in your community. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandfinancial.com and be sure to smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content. And listen, please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. Be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about the mindset needed to successfully plan for and live your best life before and through retirement.
The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.